If you haven't heard the phrase, the sale is in the follow-up, then this is definitely going to be an episode that you want to tune into. That one phrase alone ended up changing my business for the better a couple of years ago. I'm giving you all the tips and tricks on exactly what that means and how to implement it in your business starting now. Hey y'all, welcome to season two of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you're a photographer looking to grow your business through marketing strategy and different revenue streams, then this is 100% the season you're going to want to listen into. We have a range of guests talking about different ways to grow your photography business through multiple marketing platforms, copy strategy, and revenue streams. So grab your favorite glass of wine, a cup of coffee, your AirPods, and a pen and paper, and let's dive in. When I first heard that phrase, I can't even remember who I heard it from first. But I was like, oh my goodness, what? And they talked about how so many times we assume that when we don't hear back from a client, that they're actually not interested in working with us. Now, in my first probably 18 months, maybe even two years of business, the likelihood of me following up was slim to none. And that's a little sad for me to admit, but it's true. Whenever I reached out to someone or we had a discovery call, if they didn't end up moving forward with me immediately, I just assumed they were no longer interested in working with me. So I went about my business and I was fine with it. However, one of the things that I've learned in managing photography businesses and growing my own business is we are all really busy. We all have personal struggles that we're dealing with. We all have personal lives outside of our businesses. And there's a lot going on in everyone's day-to-day life. So it is so easy to not follow up with someone or not move forward because you get off a consultation call, you're waiting for the proposal, and then all of a sudden you're child gets sick or your dog needs to get to the vet or you have another appointment to get to or you have 3,000 galleries to edit, whatever the case may be. So now I follow up probably obnoxiously so, basically until I hear a no or I hear that they went some in a different direction, all of which is okay. But I've gotten more clients from following up and maintaining that relationship than I ever did just letting sleeping dogs lie. So I'm going to talk about what the follow-up process that I use looks like and how you can begin implementing it in your business. So the first thing you have to consider is any fear of rejection when beginning to follow up with clients. You are going to hear that they went in a different direction. You're going to get ghosted. You are going to tell people that they didn't want to work with you, whatever the case may be. So going into this follow-up process, just be prepared that no, not everyone is going to say yes, and that's 100% okay. They aren't your person. They aren't your people. And the more people that end up following through with your proposal, the more you are going to be able to hone in on who your ideal client is and how to serve them best. So the first thing I want you to consider is if you aren't currently sending a proposal over to the clients that you're wanting to work with, that is problem number one. 
When you have a consultation call, you want to maintain the control of the decision as much as you humanly can. So this means that the step after the consultation call needs to be in your corner, not theirs. So after your consultation call, you want to give them the opportunity to move forward. When you begin to wrap up your call, let them know, hey, thank you so much for having such a great call with me today. I'm going to be sending over a proposal that recaps everything that we went over and some information in order to move forward. You can say, take your time and give them, you know, time, let them know that you can't hold a date until you have the retainer or let them know that it's going to expire within a week depending on what type of session it is. Okay, so let them know. Okay, I'm gonna send over this proposal. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Take your time in reading it. I'll follow up with you in three days or a week, whatever feels good to you for that first follow-up. Tia talked about on a couple episodes ago that she follows up the following day in order to to ensure that they received their proposal and to ensure that it had all of the information that they needed and wanted. I really, really loved that tip. So following up the very next day to just make sure that everything came over okay is actually a really, really great idea. From there, what my follow-up process looks like is normally I give it three days and I check in with them and say, hey, just wanted to see if you have any questions about what we talked about or the proposal. I'm here if you need me. Very short and sweet. I don't do a bunch of flowery speech in any of my follow-ups. In the next follow-up, I normally do it a week after that first follow-up. So we're talking 10 days roughly from the proposal going out. I'll follow up again and say something along the lines of, hey, I wanted to touch base with you and see if you're still interested in working with our team. For a photographer, you could say, hey, I wanted to touch base with you and see if you're still interested in working with me. Your date is currently still available. I really hope to hear from you soon. Something short and sweet. Now, here's where you can really up the ante with your follow-up process if you have the ability to. It's harder to do it if you don't have a CRM or a workflow in place, but it's not impossible. So the next email would be sent normally one to two weeks after your previous email. So at that point, you're sitting two to three weeks from their original proposal. This email can be a bit more in-depth and not as directly questioning if they're going to be working with you or not. I have not personally used this follow-up method, but I've known plenty of business owners who have gotten really great results. So in this email, you want to explain what the experience is like in working with you, what the benefit your clients have seen in working with you. So as a photographer, you could write this email and say, hey, Jennifer, I'm just popping in here. I hope you're doing well. I hope wedding planning is going great. I just wanted to let you know that this is the kind of experience that I give all of our wedding clients. You will be able to, and then go into what the benefits are of working with you. And then this is the kind of work you can expect to receive. And then link a couple of galleries. And this is what you know, past couples have said about working with me and then link to a couple of testimonials. This gives you the opportunity to expand on why it's a good idea for them to work with you and also some real life testimonials from past clients of yours. This is going to help build your authority and also entice them to maybe pick the conversation back up if they've 
forgotten. Here's the thing, especially for, for wedding photography and sometimes even boudoir photography, they're booking months in advance, okay? Even years in advance when we're talking you know, wedding, elopements, that kind of thing, okay? So you want to be sure that you're staying top of mind. This email is a really, really good example of making sure that you're staying top of mind, you're being informative without being pushy. Now, after that email goes out, if you still haven't received a response, you can do one of two things, or at least this is what I would do. These one of two things. Either you can go ahead and archive the project and say, you know what? I did what I could. Uh, This client isn't going to move forward and that's okay. Or you can put them on just a steady follow-up sequence, okay? Something that sends an email out every couple of weeks until they either say no or that they went into a different direction or they end up moving forward with you. Okay, so what these emails could look like, you could do another email similar to the to the last one along the lines of, hey, Jennifer, thank you so much again for such a great call a few weeks ago. I just wanted to let you know that I'm really excited about this upcoming wedding season. Here are a couple of articles that I found to help wedding planning in the coming weeks. And then you can link to a couple of you know, wedding articles that you really liked, or you could mention vendors that you enjoy working with. You know, hey, here's some vendors that I really love in our local area in case, you know, you're looking for these types of services. Again, being seen as informative, helpful, educational is just going to continue to help you build that relationship, even if all they're doing is just reading your emails, okay? From there, you can continue with little emails like that until they, you know, tell you again, until they basically tell you no. Or you can, you know, do another check-in a couple weeks later like, hey, just want to let you know I still have your date available. However, I'm going to go ahead and archive your project. You know, since we haven't heard from you, I just, you know, wish you all the best with wedding planning. I hope my information has been helpful and you know, good luck in whatever you've got going on. It just gives them an opportunity to reach out one more time and it still not be pushy from you, okay? That is, that's one of the biggest things that I believe in personally in sales and what Tia talked about a couple weeks ago. And yes, there's a sense of urgency, but doing it from a place of, I want this to be a great decision for you, rather than, hey, I've only got two spots left for this year. You better snag it while I've got it. You want them, and I completely agree with Tia on this, you want to understand that there's a lot of different things coming into play, and this may be one of the biggest decisions that they make for their wedding or their life, whatever. You're talking about boudoir, that can be a pretty significant investment. You want them to feel good about it. You want them to feel good about working with you. And one of the ways to do that is to really allow them the space to make a decision that they feel good about. When you think about your follow-up process, you want to think about a process that process that's going to feel good to you and your client. For wedding clients, giving them information on wedding planning and local vendors is a fantastic resource. It's going to, like I said, help build your authority, be seen as an educational 
person in their wedding planning, that kind of thing. If you're a boudoir photographer, then creating a follow-up sequence that helps them build their confidence in you as their photographer is going to be the way to go. Whether it's talking about making them comfortable on set or the benefits of working with you that you provide an experience and you have hair and makeup and you have a client wardrobe and, you know, we have you know three different scenes that we can do in my studio, those types of things, then it's going to allow them to be more comfortable with you, be able to connect with you. If you're a family photographer, you can talk about how you, you know, manage unruly kids at photo shoots. We just had two family shoots back to back uh, within like a few weeks of each other. And one, our son was great and our photographer was amazing. At the next one, our son was not having it and the photographer handled it so well. It was the same photographer both times and she just did she did she did so great. You know, so talking to to that type of experience, like, hey, I'm gonna joke with your kids. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna ask them questions and get to know them and you know make sure that they're comfortable in front of the camera so that I get those real genuine laughs and smiles, okay? When you're putting together this follow-up sequence, you want to speak to the pieces of your experience that are setting you apart from your competition and also resonating with your ideal client. If your ideal client is, you know, a a family with young kids who are wanting to capture real-life moments, then speaking to how you do that is what's going to want them to book with you after they've gotten off the call with you. The other thing to consider in this follow-up sequence is what to include. Now, I just mentioned several tips, you know, for the type of content, but you also want to include client testimonials or galleries that they can view or blogs that you've written that would be beneficial to the type of session they're booking. You want to provide as much information as you can without overwhelming them. That's why we call it a follow-up sequence and just instead of like, you know, really long follow-up emails, okay? So I personally like follow-up sequences to follow the pattern of like a quick and short, like, hey, how's it going? You know, wanting to check in. And then also, you know, the next email being a little bit longer, a little bit more information than the next email is like, hey, I'm glad you found our information helpful. If you have any questions or need any other recommendations, you know, please let me know. If you need to hop on another call to go over, you know, what you're looking for in a wedding photographer, then I would be happy to schedule that with you. Kind of bouncing back between being helpful and also, you know, letting them know like, hey, I still want to work with you. I still want you to be my client. The other thing to consider with follow-ups is we have to get out of our head when doing this process. And it helps when it's in a workflow. This is easier to set up in Debsato than it is HoneyBook, but you can set up a workflow based on them not completing a proposal so that they're going to get emails until they complete that proposal. Now, one hiccup with this is if they go through the proposal and select a package and then go to the contract install, technically Dubsado sees that as completed. So that can kind of mess things up, but it's still helpful to have that workflow in place because what you can do is if you have an assistant on your team or you know, you're really good about checking Dubsado a couple times a week and checking those workflows, then you can just kick those emails through by hitting a button rather than having to copy and paste or rewrite an email every time. So that's something to keep in mind if you're going to put these follow-up 
sequences in place, you're going to want to make it as easy on you as possible. So create a Google Doc, write your follow-up sequence, and then put that follow-up sequence in a CRM so that you can easily make that follow-up sequence happen. If it's not easy, y'all, it's not going to happen, especially if you're in the middle of busy season. We all know that we get an influx of, you know, the following year wedding inquiries right in the middle of fall, right? Because people are, they're getting engaged and they're excited and they want to reach out. However, you're drowning in sessions and galleries. So if you have a sequence and a workflow that helps you do those follow-ups, that is going to help you a ton when you're in your busy season. Okay, so we've talked about the types of emails to send for a follow-up. We've talked about the importance of sending those emails for follow-ups. And we've talked about how to do the follow-up sequence. So here's my challenge to you. You are in the slow season of photography right now. We are in, I'm recording this in December. We're listening to this in February. So you have a couple more weeks before the season really starts picking up if you're in one of the, in like the lower, the Southern states, right? Take some time and write out these emails. Even if you don't make it to the point of putting it in a workflow, just having a Google document with these follow-up emails will help you copy and paste and send them out or give that to an assistant to do the follow-up process themselves. As long as you're doing the follow-up, you're going to see an increase in booked clients. That is the biggest key of this whole thing. The sale is in the follow-up. People have to hear from you anywhere between six to nine times, depending on what research you've done, before they're going to end up booking with you, okay? That's emails, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you're hanging out, wherever your audience is seeing you, they have to see you six to nine times before they're ready to actually book with you. So increase those chances by increasing your follow-up so that you can get more clients with a little less work rather than trying to get new inquiries constantly. Okay. I hope this was helpful. If you guys have any questions, you are always more than welcome to reach out to me on Instagram is where I hang out at success beyond the lens. And I want to see your success stories with your new followers. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week. Oh,